Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday and Thursday evenings, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You could also pick it up on our flagship um, platform, podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, Podomatic, as well as iHeartRadio, Amazon, and about a half a dozen other uh, media platforms. Uh, this show is brought to you by Camp Constitution, <clears throat> which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp. And to learn more about our family camp and our other activities, just visit our website, campconstitution.net. <clears throat> now, I've got an interesting uh, thing to report uh, with all the seriousness going on in this country and around the world, all the tragedies, the shootings, the transgenders, uh killing people because they think uh, they're victims of genocide. By the way, I want to point something out. <clears throat> the The left, the Biden administration, uh, has uh, basically taken up the cause for these militant transgenders while they're, while they're uh, uh, attacking a state capitol or they're shooting people. They won't condemn that. They'll say, well, it's too bad, but you know, we understand what led them to it. Now, they didn't say that specifically, but that's what they're alluding to. Uh, and they're claiming that gen their genocide is being committed against them. Well, let's just look into that. Genocide was a, a term that was coined, I think, in the late 60s, early 70s, to mainly describe what happened in Nazi Germany, uh, an attempt to destroy a race or a class of people. Well, uh, I think... No, I don't know how many, the percentage is relatively small, You, although you would think about 90% of the population is transgender by all of the uh, the accolades these folks are getting. Uh, but they're really just basically either con artists uh, taking their sexual fantasies to an extreme or mentally deficient, or all three. Okay, that's what a someone who's a transgender person is. They're not, a, they're not a separate race or class or division of people. They are some confused people that need help, okay? So in that respect, you might consider them a class of people, but not a, it's like you don't call people that might have other illnesses. However, there is a class of people <clears throat> that have been genocided, uh, and those are Down syndrome people. I recall when my wife was pregnant with my son, who was uh, now he'll be 26, perfectly normal, healthy, very intelligent. The the nurse that uh, we uh, the pediatric nurse said, uh, "Well, your son may have Down syndrome, and do you want to get an amniocentesis?" And that's <coughs> that's a test they do whether 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 or not a unborn child will have Down syndrome. And we said, uh, this is back in 1997, this was a long time ago, and we told them, uh, no, I said, we'll deal with whatever God gives us, we will love him and cherish him. Initially, I was a little like, oh, you know, a little down, you know, no pun intended, I was a little down about it, a little depressed. And then I, and then, uh, and then a friend of mine uh, sent me a postcard. Uh, his, I think it was a mass card. His Nan's daughter had passed away. She was in her thirties, and he was just loved this sweet person, this sweet young lady. Then I repented. And I said, God forgive me for thinking anything bad about whatever child you give me, whether it's Down's handicap or it has an IQ of five hundred, you know, or a gifted athlete. 
I'm going to cherish that child, raise that child. So forgive me. And I actually got a hold of my friend since deceased, Leo Kay. And I thought, Leo, just want to thank you for sending me that. You know, I didn't know she passed. I would have been at the funeral services. But thank you. You are just an incredible man and a wonderful father. So that being said, that Down syndrome, and I think in some European countries, they don't exist because they've all been aborted before they're born. So that is a class of people, no fault of their own. It's not their fault that they're born with that particular ailment and so, or have that ailment in the womb. And so the, the uh, eugenics, which is alive and well, they go out of their way to attempt to um, eradicate this class of people. And they are the sweetest, kindest, gentlest souls. Uh, they, they're productive members of the community. Uh, so the notion of, and they don't, you don't see them storming state capitals. You don't see them uh, shooting up uh, Christian schools or, or anything, or abortion mills for that matter, you see. So yes, there is a genocide being done against certain groups of people. <clears throat> They're definitely not transgender people. <clears throat> and if you looked at, I looked, uh, looked it up yesterday, there was something like 32 transgenders that were killed. Uh, is it killed by law enforcement? And anyway, it wasn't millions and millions, and it still may be statistically a high number, but one-fifth of them are killed by other transgender or f people they know, former uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, or what have you. Uh, all tragedies, you know, murder's murder, doesn't matter what motivates people to do it. But uh, the notion that uh, there's some type of, there's some kind of genocide, uh, a number of states have rightly enacted laws to protect minors. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I remember, you know, laws that minors can't get um, can't get ears pierced. They can't make contracts. They can't get a driver's license up to a certain age. And then sometimes, if they're under a certain age, you need parental. Uh, so there's all kinds of laws to minors. Why? Because they're not mature enough to enter into full contracts and other things. Oh, but when it comes to gender reassignment surgery, nothing's wrong with that. They're they know. And there was one crazy doctor, well, it was a doctor uh, from Boston Children's Hospital, and she said uh, that, that children know their gender in their womb. Oh, at least you acknowledge that that child has, is alive in the womb. That was kind of interesting. Uh, it's just insane. So uh, this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with insanity. We're dealing with placating insane people. You know, years ago when I was a young teenager, an older uh, child, I used to take the Ashmont, Mattapan Square to Ashmont Trolley. That would be in Boston. And occasionally I'll bump into a guy on the train, on, on the trolley, and he would sit there, kind of just talk to himself. People would avoid him. And every so often he would say that he is Jesus Christ. Well, nobody on that trolley actually believed he was Jesus Christ. Uh, they just sort of like ignored him or just, oh, look, if we say anything, he's really going to get a little violent, so we'll just sort of leave him alone. But it, let's say that society said, oh, he, he, oh he, he's Jesus Christ. He must be. So then we've got to worship him. We've got to, uh, you know, we, we, we've got to honor him. No, that guy was either putting people on or he was a little nutty. So you just ignore them. You don't embrace them. So if a guy decides that I'm a woman, you know, you, you, you feel bad for them because they're confused. They've got some mental illness. But you don't cater to them. You don't say, oh, you're right. Oh, you're a woman now. You can go and play in women's teams. You can uh, go in women's gyms, women's locker rooms. No, that is wrong. It's evil. But I was listening to Candace Owens, and uh, she was uh, showed a little video of uh, Kit Rock shooting up the um, 
Bud Light, uh, cases of Bud Light, bleeping out the, uh, the bad language, good for her. And he said, um, she said that this, this is a conspiracy against the family, against her traditional family. And this is just an example of it. You know, why would they have to get this, this man decides to be a woman and he simply is, he's, he's mocking females, just the way he carries, he carries himself. He's just mocking the way women, I don't know any women that act as ridiculous as he does, none. In my, in my circles and people I've known, yet he's congratulated. He's getting countries, making millions of dollars that women can't make, you see. So this is why revival and the reawakening is so important, because I think you can speak to people uh, logically, they can't accept it. You just can't debate people who aren't logically thinking or want to arrive at a truth. They have an agenda, and they will meet that agenda no matter what. And so, yeah, we need revival, and we need the we need believers to speak out again. Instead of so many of them are just afraid. We're gonna, they're going to call me a phobe. I'm going to be a phobe. They're not going to like me at work. My friends will unfriend me. Let it happen. You know, at what point do we say no? You know, what, you know they will keep pushing and pushing and pushing until they actually outlaw the American family and outlaw heterosexuality. You think, oh, that's crazy. Tell me, do you think 20 years ago that people would be okay with men calling themselves women and winning beauty contests? You, if I said, if I said, I'm predicting that in 20 years from now, men will be entering women's beauty contests and they will take over women's sports, you would have called me a kook. Rightfully so. But now it's happening. So don't, don't think these things can't happen. Uh, I just heard in Canada that these trans, uh, they, they want to pass laws that any criticism whatsoever of them, it will be serious jail time and heavy, hefty fines. We're not talking a $5, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they claim to be the oppressed. They claim to be oppressed. Well, they're the oppressors, folks. When the culture conforms to their worldview and whatever they decide is next. That's why they have this, it used to be LGB, right? lesbians, LG, lesbians, gays, bisexuals. Now you've got, and they put a plus on the end of it because we're going to keep adding, they're going to keep adding to it. As long as we put up with this foolishness, they're going to put up with it. And I heard the, uh, it was a video I was watching. It was a group called Gays Against Groomers. Now I'm not in favor of these gay, gay for guns, gays for life, gays this, gays that. Your pro-life should be pro-life. Your sexual proclivities shouldn't be an issue. Your sexual uh, preferences shouldn't be the first thing you mention. But this guy was a school teacher. His name, and he teaches in California, 31 years of age. And he said that the rainbow flag has absolutely no business in any classroom. He said that it is about sex. That flag represents sex. And it has no business in a classroom. In fact, no business anywhere else, big, uh, unless someone's private property. And I had to, I had to commend him for that. And he's getting attacked. Uh, I guess he's the, he's the uh, homosexual face of uh, homophobia. That's you know, if you're black conservative, you're the black face of white supremacy. That's how insane these people are. That's how how illogic, how logical they are. But I want to mention, I had an interesting, uh, I, I really can't call it a debate, really, because a debate 
you bring up a point, you might answer you, the person to ask you a question, you answer the question, and then you, you know, you have, uh, you have a, prim a thesis, an antithesis, and, and hopefully you try, may, may try to convince your opponent, your opponent tries to convince you. Meanwhile, you've got people <clears throat> either in the audience or reading your postings. Okay, well, like what's, uh, what's this person? And sometimes uh, even if you win a debate, the person doesn't always agree that, uh, agree with you. They acknowledge you won, and they'll say, hey, good job. I don't think you haven't persuaded me, but you did a good job defending your position. Come, you know, congratulations. That's sort of a debate. But today it's about one-upsmanship and um, a lot of logical fallacies thrown into debate, name-calling, uh, red herrings, reducing something to the absurd, uh, and things of that. So that's what you get, Although, or you go off on a, tr uh, a rabbit trail. So you, here's the main premise. And then they go off somewhere else. Oh, yeah, you know, you voted for Trump. Well, wait a minute now. I'm talking about this. And you ask me about Trump. What's that got to do with it? And the next, you know, that becomes the and the person who has the best uh, insult somehow wins the debate. I remember a debate between um, Vice President of the Lloyd Benson running for vice president and Dan Quayle. And Benson said uh, the subject somehow John Kennedy came up and he said, I knew Ben, I knew Jack and you know, John Kennedy. Well, what has that got to do? Of course, he's not John Kennedy and neither are you, Benson. So what's that got to do with it? But that's how people gauge how debates are won. But anyway, I wrote a little article. It's on our camp blog. And it was about the fact we donated about 1,500 pocket copies of the U.S. Constitution to the Alton Barnstead, New Hampshire School uh, Department. And we made a presentation, Reverend Kraft and I, from the last week. <clears throat> and I just mentioned that, you know, very, and, and the purpose of this isn't to pat ourselves on the back. It's just to encourage maybe other individuals to consider donating constitutions to their school uh, system. Or maybe other groups around the area would approach us and say, hey, we'd like to help out. You know, we'd like to, can you donate some to us? And I posted it on a particular Facebook page. Uh, and I won't mention a Facebook page. I don't want this. Uh, I don't want to embarrass this person. And, <clears throat> you know, I got some thumbs up, some love, some likes. But I got one particular person that uh, posted something like, why don't, you, uh, why don't you take those constitutions and smoke them, Hallie? And I thought, hmm. So uh, I responded and I said, uh, you know, that you have a, what's your problem with the U.S. Constitution? And <clears throat> although this argument is not new, I've dealt with people using the same lines, ba basically that it's antiquated because it's 250 years old and it has no purpose today. And people like me are roadblocks to progress. So I, I got person and I said, okay. Um, what are you going to replace it with? What will you replace the Constitution with? And I, it was like five or six different postings. This person would not respond. They could, they would not say, well, I'm going to replace it with this particular thing, or we need to get rid of Congress and give more power to the president, or we need to have a world government or an international government, or maybe a Canada and Mexico should become part of the United States which has all been proposed by people. No, there was none of that. And then you got a couple of some name calling uh, and some vulgar, uh, what was that? Uh, FFS. I said, what's that? Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is the kind of vulgar things you get. And the person I was debating was a lady 
uh, in looking at she's probably in her 30s. So she's of that generation that's been raised to hate America. Although when I checked out her Facebook, I didn't see a seething hatred of America. Uh, she she did seem to have a, a favorable disposition towards critical race theory or the 1619 Project. Uh, <clears throat> but it wasn't overtly, it wasn't looked like she was a member of Antifa or Black Lives Matter. And and then as we were, you know, in the in in the different postings, uh, post counterpost again, she refused to say this is what I want. And then she finally came over and said something like, um, "Well, okay, it's uh, may, you know maybe we won't replace it. We'll just amend it." I said, "Okay, what amendments are you proposing?" And I didn't get any nothing, a response. Didn't say, "Well, we need to do away with this, so we need to have this and repeal this amendment." Just the same old, this is outdated. And well, okay, give me some ideas. And generally speaking, anytime someone has some kind of replacement for the Constitution, it's, uh, it leads to tyranny. Oh, then she mentioned uh, science. Uh, oh, we need forward, think forward government thinking. That's what she's advocating, forward government thinking. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? I said, uh, generally speaking, forward government thinking means tyranny over us. So historically, when these, these, these scientific socialists were taking over, it meant more government over our lives, less freedom. And she put a little, you know, the little laugh, uh, the little laugh, uh, what do you call it, emoji, instead of saying, okay, I don't really have any ideas. I just went to a government school, and this is what they taught me. They taught me to hate America. They taught me to... You know, to say the Constitution is obsolete. They didn't teach me to think. They didn't teach me to question. They just taught me to be opposed. She didn't say that. She would have been honest. <clears throat> In fact, I commended her. I said, at least she's honest about wanting to abolish the Constitution and relegate it to the dustbins of history. I said, most people who feel that way aren't as open about it. Most of them are just, we, we just want to tweak the Constitution. We want to add a term limits amendment or a balanced budget amendment or something like that, or maybe just revamp, revisit the Second Amendment or have something there about why government should be involved in education, something like that. Or they don't say we want to get totally revamp it because it's an anachronistic relic from a uh, uh, Christian white uh, Eurocentric mind worldview. They don't say that, you know. So, uh, and then she uh, she went on to, again. She wanted to say that we should amend it, but she didn't have any specific amendments that she proposed. And again, it's just typical. Uh, give me some proposed amendments. Let me know what you. Uh, <clears throat> and then uh, her last posting was uh, oh I made reference oh she got onto the topic of Trump that she had voted for Trump in sixteen and twenty. She didn't make she she mentioned the last president, but then she said January sixth she got disillusioned and the Republican Party is being taken over by whatever the bad element. I'm not quoting verbatim, and I said we're veering off the issue here of the Constitution. I said I said I'm not happy with many Republicans, but I'll certainly take them over the likes of Biden, where he wants to have he thinks eight year old children should have sex change operations and. I mean, some other unsavory things. The fact that the vice president, as a senator, was was supporting a fundraising for the terrorist uh, that, that got arrested in Minneapolis during the rioting, and one of them got out and murdered again. I said, those are. The, I said, yeah. So yeah, I got issues with the Republican Party, but I'll take them over the Democrat Party. She didn't quite like that, but I said, let's stick with the issue of Article Five. I'm sorry, the Constitution. Yeah, and then and then she said something like. Uh, 
Well, just when we are finding common ground, you can engage in conspiracy theories. See, that's they throw that out of that little, that's called a red, in, in a, in a uh, debate with logic, that's called a red herring. You're saying the Constitution is obsolete. I'm saying that it's not. And let's debate that issue. And then she goes into conspiracy theory. So they kind of get off the, off the point. So with ad hominem, they make personal attacks. Uh, she said I was a, so I would say calling me a roadblock, a roadblock to progress is what I would say, a, 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 a an insult. Ad hominem, you know, personal attack, instead of sticking with the issue, trying to convince me that I'm wrong or convince the readers that uh, my point is wrong and this is what we need to do, uh, they get insulting. And um, and this is typical. I remember, oh, it was back in the mid-90s, maybe even early 90s, I was on a talk show host in Maine, the uh, Al Diamond, <clears throat> D-I-A-M-O-N, I think. And Al was wearing a khaki uh, pants and shirt. He looked like Fidel Castro's uh, son with, a, with his beard. And he had, I think, Fidel Castro's worldview. And no doubt most of his listeners were of the same left-wing mindset. I don't know how I got invited on. In fact, I was on this twice on his show. And a guy called up, young guy, probably. I'm, I, I'm in my early 30s. This guy's probably in college. And he said, similar to what this woman said, the Constitution is uh, outdated, written for, uh, in a Gurian society. And I says, okay, uh, let me let's let me accept that premise. What amendments do we get rid of first? You know, the First Amendment that protects the freedom of speech, the freedom of assembly. What about what about uh, the Fourth Amendment? You know, no legal search and seizure. The Fifth Amendment trial. You know, Sixth Amendment trial by jury. Fifth, no. And I kind of got onto the Eighth. He didn't know what the Eighth Amendment was. I said, "Well, that's when it says no cruel, unusual punishment." I said, um, "You know, in, in European countries and other parts of the world, uh, executions would be cut, chop your head off with an axe. They'd draw and quarter you. What they would do is they would." slice you down the middle and pull out your intestines and then they would sin they'd burn the and you're still alive it's pretty and then they'd hang you uh, and then cut your head off and stick it on the bridge you know it was pretty brutal uh and so he said well no we shouldn't do that either and i said you know you're, you're a victim of a cliche you heard something you never examined it and you thought it was uh fashionable to be against the constitution i said no and and, and the lady and this guy got on the same idea about science and technology. If somehow, because the the advancements of science and technology, we have to have we have to have a new constitution. Our constitution protects patterns. It protect, protects a person's invention, and technology has nothing to do with the constitution. Tech, the constitution deals with human nature. That never changes. Uh, I mean, you read King Solomon in the Book of Proverbs. Nothing new under the sun. That's as true today as it was then, that, you know, we have a human nature and the purpose of government is to protect the rights granted by God. Now, even if you're an atheist, you still have God-given rights, even if you don't acknowledge those God-given rights. It isn't about feeding you and clothing you. And by the way, science is wrong a lot of times. Look at how wrong they got this uh, scamdemic, the masks, the vaccines, the lockdowns. It was wrong. They can't admit it openly, but it's wrong. And most people today know it's wrong. Even those that were still wearing two or three masks and go around with plastic shields in front of them. They know that doesn't do anything. They just can't bring it to themselves to admit it. 
And, you know, the vaccines didn't work. You remember the vaccines that the, uh, I, 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 I think it was in 2021 that COVID is the, is the pandemic of the unvaxxed. And they realized people were getting the vaccine and still getting sick in many cases dying. And then sometimes all these side effects from the vaccine, which they don't really want to mention. So science got it wrong. You know, back in the 1700s, uh, bleeding was the uh, state of the art way to deal with uh, illness. George Washington was bled and dying. So they thought this was right, sound right. You know, before Mr. List, Dr. Lister came around, he said, you know, these little things called germs, they got on the instrument sheet. We got we to gotta, uh, gotta kill these germs. They thought this guy's crazy. Now, of course, <laughs> uh, it's a known fact, you know, that, that you have this. But back then they didn't have the technology, but they have it now. But it's got nothing to do with the Constitution. You know, it may have something to do with the way medical procedures, absolutely. Uh, but when it comes to uh, making laws and guiding our country, uh, science should not be used as a means to take freedom away from people. It should be used, if anything, a way to embrace freedom and give people more freedom. In fact, the, the medical technologies uh, advancements over the years have led to a longer lifespan. That's all good. More, the longer you live, if you're a free person, the more years you would get to enjoy freedom. I think it's better. I think it's best. Um, you also have the technology that kills babies in the womb. Yeah, but then he came out with the ultrasound. And in fact, it was um, <clears throat> the doctor, <coughs> the doctor who, uh, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, who uh, the ultrasound, as the technology advanced, that was that that ultimately convinced him that these little babies in the womb are alive and they're killing them. It took a while for him to come to that conclusion. Now, anyone who looks at an ultrasound cannot deny that that's a little human being in there. That's not a blob of flesh. Uh, and when those, those little vacuums come in, you could see that little baby struggling, suffering, trying to preserve their life. You see, that's a human person there. And some people see it and they don't care because so. So the science doesn't seem to change you. It doesn't change the law, does it? It doesn't, didn't change your heart on your mind. You still go because you're looking at, well, we need to, we need to eliminate. We got too many people in the world. Uh, and by the way, as I mentioned last week, uh, my good friend Vince Ellison posted a, uh, a population chart and that we're losing, ten, we're, the live births have gone down in the last 10 years. We're losing our population thanks to abortion, thanks to science. Uh, but it doesn't, impact the constitution uh whether you know the basic nature of man and or mankind uh man is desperately wicked as the bible says who could know it and then that's why the, all, all, all men whether they're in government or out of government have to have laws to protect the rights of people it's that man's nature to be immoral and when they gather when they get into positions of power they're going to abuse that that's why you need a constitution that gives them specific duties and powers and strictly limits the rest of them. And that's why the Constitution is as valid today as it was when it was first, in fact, more valid today than it was <coughs> 200 and plus years ago when, in 1787 when it was um, written up and then brought to the states for ratification. And that's why it's so important for the American people to understand this constitution. You know, I pointed out there was an episode in the TV show Monk, this detective uh, who had incredible powers of observation. He 
there was, uh, I think there was a defendant, and Monk noticed there was a copy of the Constitution in this lady's pocketbook, and he said, uh, you're a foreigner. He didn't even hear her accent. Oh, how did you know that? He says, Americans don't read the Constitution, and you have a copy of one in your pocketbook, so you're probably trying to become a U.S. citizen. And hmm, that's interesting. That's also a, a damning indictment against the American people. So how do you overcome this? Well, reach out to us. We'll get you a free pocket constitution of the constitution of the U.S. Constitution, uh, a pocket copy, I should say, of the U.S. Constitution. Uh, why don't you consider hosting a constitution study course? And there's so many good ones out there. We've started to um, host a Hillsdale College uh, DVD series, but there's other Chris Ann Hall and the Institute on the Constitution and many others out there that are very good. Uh, <clears throat> and that can be, and you can even design your own. So why don't you think about doing that? And if you have any questions, please reach out to us. We'll like to help you. We may, we may have friends in your particular state, in your neighborhood, <clears throat> that would be more than, more than happy to help uh, do something like that. And there's a lot, a lot of interest in the Constitution as of late. And uh, Hillsdale College, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. So uh, this is one way to overcome the ignorance of the American people is to teach them, help teach them the Constitution. Well, we're almost out of time. You've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. Uh, please visit our website, campconstitution.net. Visit our YouTube channel and subscribe. Also, BitChute, Rumble, Facebook, and our Podomatic uh, page with this show. <coughs> with this show is also, and of course, Support this incredible radio station, WBCQ The Planet. With that, I want to thank you for listening. Until next week, may God richly bless you.